Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with Jean Burke on the line. And today, Jean is going to go over test prep mistake number one. This is episode 85, and you can find the show notes for today's episode at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. And Jean, today you are going to be uh, starting a series of some test prep mistakes. Uh, you, as, as I am as well, we're in a bunch of Facebook groups and you see false information um, being shared and it's really a discredit and a disservice uh, to um, moms out there and teachers and so forth um, who are trying to instruct their kids. And you are going to be setting the record straight and showing them exactly uh, what the errors are that, and information that they must know. So I'm going to let you get started and sit back and listen. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everyone. I'm really excited today about this particular topic because if I've, if I've ever had the pleasure of teaching your student in one of my college prep genius classes, you have probably heard me or your students heard me say, ask a very important question. How many of you have ever been told you cannot write in your test booklet? And I get anywhere from one or two hands to almost a full class. And, you know, as my dear friend Felice lives there in Florida, Florida is probably one of the biggest uh, uh, hand-raising classes I ever get. I mean, it's, it's almost like everybody raises their hand. So I don't know what's going on down there in Florida and what they're telling your kids, but it's absolutely not true. And I am very frustrated by it because this one piece of Arati's advice um, is without doubt the culprit for a a lot of countless lost points on these very important tests like SATs and PSATs and ACTs. And so this is not a trivial issue. Um, and it, and it, literally this could prevent you from getting into the college of your dreams or, or even getting in at all. Um, and, and definitely could stand in the way of winning some valuable, valuable scholarship money. So this kind of misinformation can cause you to score low on the test or like SATs or ACTs or similar tests. So I'm going to set the record straight. Not only are you allowed to write in your test booklet, I encourage it. And it's not just me. I mean, the test makers do themselves. And I'm going to give you uh, absolute proof so that your students will be armed with this information in case they're told wrong. You know, I tell a lot of my students, if you're taking a test and the proctor, you go in armed with the truth and the proctor uh, who's misinformed or doesn't want to be there any more than you do or doesn't read their manual and they give you wrong information, you need to be able respectively uh, to show them the truth because this is your score on the line and you don't want to have to miss out because they're not following the correct rules. So first of all, I want you to think about this. Think with a pencil. And I, I use this phrase uh, it's because it's far better to crystallize your thoughts on paper than solely working out the problems in your head. As a matter of fact, when we try to work problems in our head, we cloud up our mind, and it's very difficult. We can only hold a couple thoughts at a time, so we're having a hard time to move on to the next question when you're still thinking about the other questions. So when you take your pencil, 
which becomes your best friend on this test, um, it, it, and, and use it to work a problem out or to draw a picture or to whatever, what happens is you clear the fog. You, you gain some clarity and, sim and simply by writing your ideals down and working them out. Um, this is also known as brain dumping. And so there's this great benefit to that, and, and I think you'll appreciate it. So by doing this, you release your mind. Your mind says, okay, good, I'm done. I can go on to the next question. I don't have to keep still thinking about that particular one. So these are really high-stakes, stressful exams, you know, where you have got to answer questions in this sort of machine gun rapidity, you know, fast, 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 lightning bolt, you know, get it done, about a minute per question, and this, my life is on the line here, you know, it's almost like life or death, which it's really not, but, you know, I got to get into the college, I got to get some scholarship money, so, you know, you're trying to do things quickly anyways and, and, and on a test that is that has a built-in uh, system for you to fail in the sense that there's no way you could answer questions in the amount of time they give you if you're approaching it the correct, the, the normal way that you work at a school, the school problem, the school test. So that's why you have to know the shortcuts. But noting, you know, as you note things, as you drop them down, you know, it gives you sort of the safeguard to keep you from making these careless errors. You can see it in black and white. You're looking at it. And, you know, we all make silly mistakes. And sometimes your mind skips over something that could be instrumental in you understanding that question or how to answer that problem. So in a stressful exam situation, you, you've got to stack the odds in your favor. So by not noting it down and making little marks or marking off wrong answers, it's going to help to minimize, you know, your mistakes. So how do you think with your pencil? I mean, this is, you know, something that, that's a trained skill that you, you know, you do when you're at home and you're practicing, you know, you know how you practice like you play, and that's what you want to do when it comes to test taking. So it basically is sort of what I, it's called the visual system. So there's several main learning systems, as you generally uh, may prefer one or the other. And, you know, we're all either visual, auditory, or kinesthetic, or, you know, a combination maybe. Uh, but the more systems that you can engage when you're taking this test, the better the learning retention. And definitely in an exam situation, you know, you can use this information to your advantage by engaging visual and kinesthetic. And even to the minor extent, auditory system, if you kind of sub, sub vocalize, you know, what you read. So, in other words, in the, in the sections of your paper, when you're at the test and you've got this test booklet, using that pencil in your hand. And by the way, when I say pencil, it's got to be a number two pencil, number two lead, you know, bring, you know, four or five sharpened ones to the test. You can't use mechanical pencils, but you want to use that pencil to do your bidding, basically. So, you know, you're going to circle certain words, you're going to mark up certain things, you're going to underline, you're going to mark out certain things. And it's a great way to just kind of free up your mind, you know, as you're going through and you see something that's wrong, you can mark it out. Here's an example. In, in the reading passage, you know, we teach the four hidden patterns that cause you to second guess yourself that the college board uses on every test. And they fall under my acronym COAT. C-O-A-T. So each one of those stands for a trick that they'll put in, a, in an answer choice, sort of a landmine for you to step on, you know, C being completely irrelevant information, O being obscure, confusing, A being additional, and T being totally contradictory. So as you're going through this test and you, you know, you, your goal obviously is not to look for the right answer because it's easy to fall for the tricky appealing answers when you do that. 
But what you want to do is you want to eliminate the wrong answers first. So with your pencil in hand, you're going through and all of a sudden you see some information that mm, I didn't see that in the part of the passage I read. It's some additional information. Well, you've got your pencil to mark out that answer just like that. You don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to revisit it. You're done. And so this will help drop down these answer choices, you know, two, three, and then, you know, you're done. So this, because there's only going to be one correct answer, it's always going to be objective. And so, and, and, and by the way, here's another trick that they use on a test. And that is if there are two answer choices that are very similar, they have the same meaning, they're both wrong, you know, because you can't have two right answers. So again, your, that will jump out at you at the page. You take that pencil, you mark them both out, you drop your time in half just by that alone. So your pencil helps you from zoning out. Uh, zoning out. It helps you to maintain a purpose, purposeful focus, and you know, you know, you're basically you're penciling your wisdoms in the margin, writing down your notes and your thoughts um, on you know different types of questions. So you're reading purpose purposefully uh, in keeping your pencil at hand at all times. Now, certainly keep in mind too that your eraser is pretty much the second half. You know, you don't want any stray pencil marks, especially on the bubble in sheet. And you're, you don't want to lose any points because of that. So keep those, you know, erasers at hand. You know, you, you can bring in one of those little soft pink erasers because, you know, you know how it is on the pencil end. Those erasers can, you know, get uh, demolished pretty quickly. So you definitely want, you can do that and that's, a, that's allowed. So as you're going through this test with that pencil in hand, because you are marking up that booklet. You, should, you want that to be, look like a manuscript from an editor where it is written all over. Um, process of elimination is key. So a useful strategy, uh, and this is on all, every part of the test, whether it's the, you know, the writing or the reading or the math, uh, you're going to be crossing out wrong answers that you, you absolutely know are wrong. And you know, once you've counted them, mark them off. Don't go back and try to second guess yourself. So... Or just make real notes, maybe a little, some kind of little intonation that, oh, I need to come back to that, or, or whatever it is you need to do. But you can do that with your pencil. It's a, it's a it's three-hour test, so you definitely have to give yourself some little guidelines as you're going through it. So this way, if you come back to it, you know which ones you've marked correct. You know the ones you've marked out. You don't have to go back and, and reread those, those answer choices again. So ultimately, your goal is to resolve to resolve. Okay, what, what does that mean? Well you know, it's invaluable to avoid something called decision fatigue. And you, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but we do it all the time. Let's say you get to the end of the day. It's been a long day. You've worked. You've, you know, you've helped the kids. You've done so many things. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, what do y'all want for dinner? I don't know. I can't make another decision today. Well, that happens on the test because Students normally are reading the questions and going through all the answer choices and, and trying to, you know, find the answer. And, you know, they're running out of stamina because it is a very long test. And so they run into this decision fatigue. Well, once you understand shortcuts and patterns and strategies, as soon as you have wrong answers, you can take that pencil and mark them off. And let's say you can immediately eliminate two answers. You've just now cut your decision fatigue in half which is going to help you get through. It's like a mental marathon. It's going to help get you over the, the finish line toward the end. Uh, so, you know, resolve to resolve. Keep, keep that in mind. Now, one of the things, too, is with your pencil, 
you know, you want to use it because you're going to do strategies where the ultimate goal is to make um, three or four passes through the test. So going through and, you know, checking out, you know, marking the ones you got right and checking out the ones you don't. But a cool strategy or a solid strategy is to let's say you come across a question, you, you, you know, you look at it, you're not quite sure how to answer it, but you don't want to waste a lot of time because you've only got about a minute and you want to try to go get all the low hanging fruit first is you can just draw a circle next to that question and then move on. Then the next time you make the pass through the, the, that section, and you answer that question, now you can bubble in that circle. Now you're done. So that way you don't have to think about that question anymore. So it's a, a fun strategy uh, that you can implement. So again, let's, let's kind of give a quick overview of how to use that pencil, going through the test, go through the questions, get the ones you know you can get right away, the easy ones. And by the way, they're not in any particular order, so they may, there may be some really, uh, easy, low-hanging fruit toward the end. So go through them, come back through, mark the ones you skipped, come back, now go through the questions that take a little bit more thought, and then come back through it again, answer the ones that take a little bit more thought, and then in the end, ultimately answer the rest of them. So that, that's the strategy they can use, and your pencil can help keep you on track so that you're not lost somewhere thinking, which questions did I skip? Which ones do I need to go back over? Which ones do I need to double check? So kind of a, kind of a quick, sort of overview in each section. Uh, if the reading passages, uh, there's gonna be a lot of pencil use in this one. You know, you're gonna to take that pencil, you're gonna pretty much underline keywords, you're gonna underline and circle, uh, you know, the, the main ideas. And, you know, it's it's pretty much a lot of judicious uh, work. You're just, you're just being methodical. You know, you're highlighting some key phrases, and, and again, keep in mind, you can't use highlighters, so that's why your pencil is so important. But it, it's a great way for you to to go back and identify the right answers. If, if they give you a citation question, like in line 12, what was the author thinking? You know, you're going to take that pencil and you're going to go to line 12 and you're going to underline that uh, and maybe and even right above it, right below it. Now, the math using your pencil, uh, obviously math and pencils are destined for each other. This is another problem when students are told they can't write in their test booklet, what they're going to do is they're going to sit there and try to compute in their head some math problems. And we know how that, that turned out in many cases uh, because you can only use the calculator on one section. And even then that, that could cause mistakes. So be very, very careful. So there's going to be times on the math um, where you, you, you have this sort of mental arithmetic without being able to use a calculator. So you're not given scratch paper. Some places do give it, but they're, you're not supposed to. So everything that you can do, you can do in your booklet. So it's a place to write down acronyms that remind you and jar your memory of, you know, how to answer the questions. Maybe a time to write down a formula or abbreviation. And you want to keep focused and avoid mistakes uh, by even writing down some of the, the simplest things, just like the reading section. This way you don't have to, if you go back and review it, uh, you'll be able to pick up right where you left off. So if you encounter a difficult problem, you know, again, the same amount of working will help you, re you know, review it later. Now, if you're given a diagram in the math section, you're going to want to mark it up. You're going to want to over-label and enlarge the diagram because sometimes, for example, they might give you the length of a figure. Then with your pencil, you can fill in the width of the figure. 
just over label it, put in more information than they give you. And that very often can help you find the right answer. And sometimes they'll give you a question that says it's not drawn to scale. Well, that doesn't mean that it's shrunk down to fit the paper. What that means, it's basically a wrong figure. Uh, pretty much means it's drawn to confuse you. So you're going to have to redraw the figure correctly according to the question. Now, um, you know, again, just like the reading section, you can usually eliminate 50% of your answers immediately once you understand the shortcuts and strategies of taking the test. And now the writing section on the test, again, you're given a very short amount of time where you've got four passages, 44 questions, and 35 minutes to do it in. So if you're doing that mental math there, it's 47 seconds of questions. So again, not a lot of time, but that pencil in hand, it's gonna help you. Uh, wow, again, you can go to the passages. You can underline some key words. You know, in, in this particular section of the test, there are 13 recurring grammar problems and punctuation problems. If you know those, and we, we have an acronym called Inside Answers, you can write those at the top of the, the page. That will jar your memory on what the patterns are. And you can refer to them. And when you look at a question, thinking, okay, what is this error in this question here? And that will help you. So acronyms really are a way, since you're not allowed to bring any notes in, you've got them right there in front of your face. And, and nobody even knows what they mean. It doesn't matter because you can write in your booklet anyways. But it's, it's, they're condensed down. And there's no way to write all the rules down. So you're, you're taking that pencil and you are, you know, circling keywords. For example, one of the recurring problems in the, the writing section uh, is uh, when you have the word not only, it must be followed by an answer choice that contains the word but also. So a lot of students, and I, every time I teach my class, I get a lot of students who don't do this they'll find an answer that does not have but also and i'll tell them you need it's like having a fraternal twin when you're reading the underlying part of the passage and you see a not only take that pencil and circle it get in the habit of mentally always uh, being ready to circle it so that tells you as i go to the four answer choices i have to find the answer that says but also and, and what they do usually they only give you one that has the word also in it they'll give you the word but you know, not only is she smart, but she is pretty, is wrong. It's got to say, not only is she smart, but she is also pretty. So that really does help using your pencil. And so, and again, you know, I needed to say you, you need your pencil, of course, for the essay, that you're not allowed to type the essay. You're going to, you know, obviously handwrite it. You know, you can print it or you can do man, manuscript or you can do it cursor, it doesn't matter. Uh, but they're going to give you so many blanks to do that in. Uh, one of the things you can do with your pencil, again, is is when you're writing your essay, uh, you want to make sure that you write big. And when I say big, I don't mean big out, out of the lines I give you. Uh, fill up the lines because that helps you to you know create a longer essay. And I've seen uh, kids who have beautiful handwriting but it's very, very tiny. And so they might have a, you know, a three page essay and it really only comes out to be about one and a half because they've written so small. And, and also, even though it may be neat and very uh, not, um, well done, if they can't read it, you know, that can cause you to get a zero. So keep that in mind. And, you know, you're not allowed to have pens, anything with ink. Those are not allowed. That'll, if you write your essay in ink, you'll get a zero. So don't do that. Just use your, use your pencil. 
So let's get to the bottom line here. What if you go to the test and someone says to you, well, you cannot write in your test booklet, especially if you live in Florida. Now, I hear it all, all the time in every place. I'm just amazed that as many years as I've, I've, I've been going to Florida, I hear it over and over again, and most of the kids raise their hands. So, so let's, let's say we, don't, we, we, we want to be respectful to our proctor. What do we do? Well, it's very simple. I have put the official words of the college board uh, on a link that you as a student or as parents are listening as well can download these, print these out, and take them with you. So if the proctor says to you, you cannot write in your test booklet, you now have proof that you can say, and again, we want to be respectful. Mrs. Smith, um, I appreciate, you know, your, um, what you said, but I have downloaded the official information from the college board to show you that I am allowed to write in my test booklet. By the way, those booklets belong to you. You know, the college board just shreds those SATs when, you, when they get the booklets back. They don't even save them. Now, the PSATs they send back to you, but the uh, SATs, they don't even look at the, whatever's inside of it. But your parents paid, or you as a parent paid for those booklets, and they, so they belong to y'all. So I'm, I'm going to give you the, the links, and I'm also going to, uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, but there, was an, there is an official tweet by the college board. And if you want to, that link is at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash test day rule. And then the official College Board 2020-2021 official guide listed probably some 15 times uh, in their booklet about you can use your test booklet for scratch paper. And we've gone in, we've highlighted it for you and go in and download that. These are, these are actual words and uh, documents and materials from the College Board. So to get that, you can go to College Prep Genius dot com forward slash scratch because it says it uh, somewhere I, I think I counted it somewhere around 13 to 15 times it says you can write in your test booklet for scratch paper so on with that you can go in there be confident that if you know again if if someone were to say something you just pull this out and, and just show it to them you don't have to make a big scene about it you don't have to show the whole class the teacher might choose to do that, uh, the proctor, that's up to them. But you want to just go up there and say, I just wanted to show you this. I've been told this in the past. And I just want to kind of make sure that you know that I am allowed to do this. So, so keep that in mind. Now, you know, by, by the way, you're writing your name on the test booklet. Why couldn't you write inside the booklet? That, is, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, if you're ever in a situation where there is uh, – a defiance of rules and you're and, and they're not making it right you know you can I would definitely contact the SAT and ACT immediately you can also contact fairtest.org and share your situation uh, make sure though you get uh, witnesses to back it up it's not you don't want it just to be your word against their word they're thinking oh you had a bad test day you just want to try to you know get your refund or get, get a retest you, you don't want to do that so you know, get some other kids in the classroom to back it up. And I think that'll, that'll be good. So ultimately what happens in the end, you know, once you're done with your test booklets, they just throw them away. They just shred them. Uh, you know, the, the, that's the only scratch paper pretty much you're, you're allowed to have anyways. So if you mark it up or scribble or annotate in it, 
you know, it's all to your advantage, you know, jotting down key information, feeling, feeling confident that all your workings and notes, you know, are going, you know, will not be recorded or marked. Anything you write in there is not going to show up. The only thing that shows up on the test for grading is that bubbled in sheet that you transfer your answers to. So whatever's written in there is not going to count for or against your grades. So, so keep that in mind. Now, I want to do, I want to do give one caveat. Uh, if you are it, living internationally and you are testing uh, for the SAT or ACT and you're taking it at some international center, whether it's at a um, international school or just a facility in general, um, there could be an exception to writing in your booklet. And, and the reason why um, that is, and that has to do with booklet availability. So if you know this ahead of time, you can request to write in your booklet, uh, you know, before you even sit down for the test. So make sure, make sure you do that. Um, again, not being able to write in your booklet puts you at a great disadvantage. So, you know, again, notes are not allowed. So you need to be armed with, you know, strategies guaranteed to work. Don't, don't just show up and expect to prevail. Expect that you're going to do well. You know, your abilities of logic and critical thinking are being put to the test. So, you know, and this is what we've been doing. We've been teaching kids on how to beat these tests for years. We've been really honored to have kids raise their SAT scores as high as 700 points, ACT as high as nine points, uh, high CLT scores, GRE. I mean, I could go on about the different types of tests that people use our program on. But the exciting thing is, is that these are beatable tests and we now have live virtual classes online. So if you're not able to, uh, if you're in one of the states that haven't opened back up yet, which a lot of them haven't, and they're still doing very limited outside activities, you know, we do, we've done live boot camps for many, many years. So we now have virtual boot camps, and I'm excited because it, it, they've been very wildly successful. I was very nervous in the beginning because we've always taught face to face. We love to see the kids' excitement, um, but it's been very interactive. The kids have given us high marks, and it's been really fun. And so, um, you know, you can do this from wherever you're at. And, uh, you know, so if you go to our website, well, collegetripgenius.com forward slash live virtual, you can find our uh, class schedule. So Wonderful. very exciting. Uh, yeah. Let us know if you have any questions and, uh, again, download those free resources and have them in your students notebook when they go to, uh, or in their pencil bag and have them able to show that to them so they're armed and ready uh, to be able to write their booklet. That's wonderful, Jane. And it really helps because that would be a huge mistake and the kids could really use it, um, you know, to help them to, to uh, score higher. So thanks so much, Jane, today. And we're going to be talking about more of the test prep mistakes in upcoming uh, sessions. And again, you can find the show notes for today's session at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 85, test prep mistake number one. Thanks so much, Jean. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius radio show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information, and we'll see you soon.